Hey everybody and welcome back to Forbidden Cinema, The Deeper Dive. How you doing, babe? Doing great, doing great. Getting a little deeper in Pretty Woman. All right, so we are going deeper for Pretty Woman. Uh, anything you have before I start going into my crazy notes? No, because you have so much always. I have so many crazy notes, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. This is, this is your jam. This is your jam. I, you I, get the movies and I get the weird <laughs> internet uh, K-holes. That's okay. I'm... Um, uh, what is it like? I'm I'm the singer. You're the DJ. Is that the? <laughs> oh, I'm totally the fresh prince of this relationship. You're the fresh prince of this relationship. Yes. You're not the DJ Jazzy Jeff. What? I'm the DJ Jazzy Jeff. Sorry, babe. It's just I call it the way it is. Wait, what? <laughs> No. Sidebar. Okay. Uh, totally. We're going to take a poll on this. <laughs> okay. If you're out there, who is the DJ Jesse Jeff and who's the Fresh Prince? I, I disagree. I'm the flamboyant out there one and you're the one that makes this shit work? It is 100% the other way around. <laughs> Y'all, I just show up and talk. <laughs> so... The Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1990? Yes. Segway? Yes. That was a terrible segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, apparently, yeah, under the DJ Jazzy Jeff is not segways. DJ Jazzy Jeff is not on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1990? No, I wouldn't think so at all. That doesn't make sense. So 1991 is when the Topps Trading Card series came out for everybody that was on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. There was a trading card series of the Walk of Fame. Uh, we have a box uh, coming on the way <laughs> from eBay. <laughs> Guys, I love one of my huge hobbies is non-sports 80s and 90s trading cards. Okay. I love trading cards as a kid. I would get two, maybe three packs. I mean, Batman Returns, one pack. I had one pack. I love trading, but I was just so poor. I just could not afford them. So now I go on eBay and I buy random boxes of unopened trading cards. These cards have been just sitting somewhere unopened for 20 and 30 years. And then I get to open them and make a full set. And it costs usually $25 or so. It's so satisfying. It Compare that to the amount of uh, satisfaction to time spent and money on Legos. Yeah, Legos. Guys, if you're Lego people, try buying a box of Rocketeer trading cards. It is so much fun. Legos are going getting out of hand. Yeah, it's six seven hundred dollars for an ad. It's ridiculous. Like f off. I mean, just just go walk away. No, I'm not ad. So the Walk of Fame in 1990s. We'll we'll see 1991. They haven't shown up yet, so we'll see exactly who. Um, apparently. They're kind of in high demand right now. People are selling lots of Betty White cards. Oh, that makes sense. For huge premiums. Okay, so... So we'll see if, if how many Betty White cards we have in our, in our packs. And maybe we can sell them off and, and just retire and give up this shit. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't feel like that's a thing. But... Probably not. Probably not. Maybe a maybe a nice dinner. I mean, <laughs> we 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 do like to go out to dinner. But it does seem like this is more of like a Charlton Heston kind of situation. Mm -hmm. These are you know old Hollywood mostly in 1990. Right. We did we talk about this in the podcast? Or did we, we did. About like this who was after? on the thing? Because I said maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Sylvester Stallone. No. But, really. Sylvester Stallone was on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1990. Sylvester Stallone wrote directed and starred in 
the Oscar-winning film of 1976, Rocky. Okay, 1976. That's true. By then, he he's kind and of... And so he's thing. had four Rocky movies at this point by 1990, three Rambo movies by 1990. He's on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well, he's been considered, he's been nominated, and he's paid to have a star. I'm pretty right. sure that's how that works. It's 4800 bucks in 1990. I mean, that's that's not <laughs> terrible. I'm sure he can swing that. He's John Ritter is on. Ah, oh, John Ritter. I know. Um, the class of 1990. The people that were eligible okay. starting in 1990. Hit me. Blake Edwards. Okay. Uh, somebody from this podcast. Right. We've talked about Blake Edwards. Robin Williams. Oh, Robin Williams. I know. I know. Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> okay. Did they did they like stick some like little little? Uh, There's no. a lot of fictional characters on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I've 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 been on Hollywood Boulevard and walked through and th- seen some of them, but See, I- we only walked for like a mile. We we I think you'd already been, so you're like, yeah, I've already done this. Whatever, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> and and so like, you're just like, yeah, like I I'm I'm had my fill, so you can just I, see what we see when we're walking to what we're going to. I don't think that's what I said. I think that this is your approach to like anything that I've done before you, but <laughs> I have huge FOMO people. I'm sorry. Uh, LeVar Burton. Oh, yay. This that, is amazing. Very early LeVar Burton. This is reading this Rainbow. This is reading Rainbow. Yeah. Yes. This is not anything to do I, with Star Next Trek. Generation is out, but this is this is reading Rainbow. No, that's LeVar all. Burton. I mean, that's amazing. I love that he's being recognized for that. Burt Baccarat, B.B. King, and Nancy Wilson. For uh, music, I love Burt Bacharach. Just I just love it. Austin Powers too. Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach. I mean, Burt Bacharach is all of the things, but when he's just like introducing Elvis Costello and yeah, that is one of my favorite moments in film history. Is Austin Powers too, where they just have Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach. It's great. It's a great little song. Nancy Wilson, heart killing it. Who else did you B.B. King. B.B. King. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. B.B. King and Nancy Wilson should not have gone on the Hollywood Walk of Fame no. the same year. They should have given him. He should have gotten in much Black earlier. Lives Matter, people. I mean, that they should have given him a little credit a little before that. Agreed. Stage. Michael Crawford. This is uh, 1990. This is pre- uh. <laughs> it is phantom all the fucking way absolutely i mean i don't think the 90s no one loved the phantom of the opera more than the, the 90s the 90s was all about the phantom of the opera i don't know why it just i have a phantom of the opera beach towel i have a playbill and my tickets in a shadow box that my mom bought me okay so and if you get a chance to see love never dies it's okay Go see the original again. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's the sequel. Love Never Dies is supposed to be the sequel to the film opera. It's like when you run into your ex and you're like, oh, uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, kind of got my own thing going on now. Not really interested. The little burlesque number, though, the bathing beauty was kind of adorable. That's, that was great. That was great. But yeah, the, but that's the vibe. It's like, hey, I'm back, baby. Like, ooh, yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were weird. That was cool at the time. It was the 90s. Um, and yeah, so like, I'm I'm good now. Thanks. Uh, mask things. Cool that you're still doing the mask thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's... The last one, Arsenio Hall. Whoop, whoop, whoop. whoop. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I was looking at, well, the card series uh, from the eBay auction. 
<laughs> that I bought. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, babe. Uh, I didn't buy the Bo Derek statue, so at least there's that. <laughs> Guys, I'm working so many hours. They're just like throwing money at me to keep on coming back. Omicron sucks. And, but yeah, so I'm just going crazy buying things. Um, recently, Barry Manilow has been added. Okay. Sylvester Stallone, as we discussed. Right, then, yeah. Pee Wee Herman, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast? <laughs> I mean, if he's like, hey, guys, let's chat. I'm like, dude, let's chat. Like, we're bringing him on. I, I, but I'm going to like, like, tell me all about it. Tell me all. all. I need to know, like, which scene in Nurse Nancy or, or was it Tiger Shark or like, whatever. Let's, let's get real, dude. Like, how do you feel about this? How do you like, what, what's, what's the deal now? Nobody's going to buy it wasn't out. That's just life. Like, that's cool. I, I'm fine with whacking it in a porno theater in 1993. Like I, like I said. It's better to whack why it at home, but it's... It is, do they exist? Why are why is a porno theater being rated? That's what they're there for. I don't care. No one needs to see that in the light of the day. No, like, no. Why? Why are we doing that? Just leave them be. Let them be <laughs> gross in their space and fine. Like, no, I mean, gross isn't even the thing, but like, that's just, uh, yeah. <sighs> I'm, I'm so exasperated by the whole idea of like raiding a porno theater. Like, I don't get it. Like, why do you think they're there? Duh. I mean, we are huge Cecil B. Demented fans in this household and, you know, action fans and porno fans and, you know, fans of, of niche cinema. Uh, last but not least, Dudley Moore has been recently added. Oh, Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore. Is yes. it for music or for film? I did not check. It could be for both. But what I was going to say, um, talking about Phantom of the Opera and Michael Crawford, so... I was in high school in the Madrigals and choir and all of that kind of stuff when Tennessee had their bicentennial. And we performed at the bicentennial. They created what they call the bicentennial mall. The little, the shell thing? um, The amphitheater? No, that's not the, that's in Centennial Park. Um, Bicentennial Mall is like where the, the whole, like. Yeah, it's up where I went to college. Don't they have a shell amphitheater? I don't think so. They have, they have like a whole stage that they do stuff at now. Oh, I have done some Shakespeare on that stage when there's been nobody there. Cool. But like part of our repertoire for the Bicentennial was all I ask, like all I ask of you. Uh. And I don't know why, like why (laughs) that was part of what we were singing, you know, but including. And you standing beside me. To hold me and to guide me. Then say you'll share with, with me one light. So one morning. moment. Turn my head with talk of summertime. Christina, that's all I ask of you. Curtain, everybody go pee. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we'll come back for act two. <laughs> Act two is a little bit of a de- act two is not as good as act one. Act one's better. Okay, sorry. That <laughs> was a big um, divergent, and we may not be able to do that. So okay, we'll see. Uh, Julia Roberts body. We have cats punching each other. Okay, Julia Roberts body double. One hundred percent. That is a thing. Oh, on the on the cover. Yes, that is not her body. Okay, she has never worn that outfit. She does not have those breasts. That is not her legs. I mean, that's not an outfit that's in the movie, but it's not so. No, the legs are not so amazing. No. I well, mean, okay. Anytime we see 
You say of, well, and you threw your hands up, so that meant you had some sort of point. Well, there's a lot of shots of her butt that are pretty hot in this movie. Yeah. Those are not shots of Julia Roberts' butt. Okay. That is that is uh, Shelley Michelle. Shelley Michelle. Shelley Michelle, yes. Her, uh, There's too many L's Kind there. of claim to fame. She has a Lloyd's of London policy, $1 million for her butt and legs. Great for her. Yeah. Um, million seems short at this point, but... Eh, whatever. Um, well, but also now, but that's 1990, so she's um, much older now. So yes, 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 yes. But 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 it's a little harder to be a little bit tighter. <laughs> she is in Rising Sun. Okay. Yeah, it's on the list now. Do you know Rising Sun? I feel like I do, but maybe I'm don't. It's uh, Wesley Snipes and. Um, and Sean Connery. No, I'm thinking of something completely different. And it different. is a Michael Crichton book. Okay. It is one that was that and Disclosure were the two that I was not allowed to do. So Rising Sun is on the list. I don't know if it was on the list before. Disclosure is on the list, but Rising Sun is now on the forbidden list. Is Disclosure, is that, um, what's her Disclosure is Demi Moore and, um, and the guy that was in the first movie we watched. Uh, oh, Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas, yes. Is that when they... It's about uh, female sexual harassment. Okay, I don't know why it is thought... I don't know why the guy that did Jurassic Park thought, I'm going to do something about some dude getting sexually harassed at work next as a yeah, follow-up. Yeah, because we need to make sure... I mean, not that that doesn't happen, but we need to make sure we make a movie about it because, you know, men being sexually harassed in the workplace is just... An astronomical issue. Right. Rising Sun is like Die Hard, except what if there's no like huge shootout and it's just some guy like accidentally killing a prostitute with autoerotic asphyxiation. How is that Die Hard in any kind well, of Well, because way? it's Japanese corporations and it's really kind of a deep dive into Japanese corporations operating on American soil. It's probably I don't really not think aged that, well. Uh, um, oh, crap. No. no. Everyone's going to kill me for this, but Nakatomi Tower. Yes. I don't think that Nakatomi Tower being Nakatomi Tower is like the critical part of <laughs> Die Hard. Sorry. I'm pretty sure the Germans and, um, and yeah, what's I've his face? I've not read the book, but I think that Sean Connery is playing a half black, half Japanese man. Well, he's played a Spaniard. He's played an he's Egyptian. Played an Egyptian. He's, he's like played... there. He he's willy nilly with his origins. Yes, yes, yeah. And he was very best. tan in the 90s. <laughs> So tan. He was Jamaican in the nineties. Every, every leading man that came from that era was so tan. I mean, he how is, did they get that tan? There weren't tanning beds. He's a Scotsman, beds. but he lived in uh, Jamaica for like forty years of his life, living the life. I know, I know. Drinking that red stripe. <laughs> but uh, so she's in Rising Sun. She's in Double Impact. She's the student at the very beginning, which I have not seen Double Impact start to finish. We've kind of talked about this. Is that the this. twins? That's the Jean-Claude Van Damme twins movie. Got which it. started a thing of like, he's twins in like seven movies after he's that. He's cousins, Usually... identical cousins. Sorry, this is a singing episode. <laughs> like, usually one of the twins dies in the cold open and then he's the other twin so he trying doesn't to get have revenge. To be. So he doesn't have to do the whole twin stuff later on. He's like not Fred and Ted or. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> whatever yeah. but he's like he's on arsenio hall talking about, like this is the first love scene i've had and yeah i think like the neighbors were completely allowed to watch double impact and then dad came home and like neighbors were watching double impact and like uh 
family meeting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> your neighbors? Yes, 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 yes. I think dad did not realize what mom was letting them watch. Ooh. So yes, Double Impact might be on our on our list as well. Okay. Uh, she's in Bikini Summer. I think I've I was that. able to find a clip of Rhonda Shear introducing Bikini Summer <laughs> on USA Up All Night. All up all night. And uh, they were kind of. It was it was pretty funny. She was talking about how like it's maybe not the movie you're expecting. It's you know it's called Bikini Summer, but it, there's actually some deep cultural resonance to it or whatever. And then they show the opening of it. She's like, okay, maybe I was wrong. Like, I haven't seen a <laughs> jiggle like that since I was trying on bras in an earthquake. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Tell it like it is, Rhonda Shear. Exactly. Um, so the next thing I have is George from Seinfeld. We called him George from Seinfeld like 30 times in this episode. Well, we never mentioned Jason Alexander. want to be George from Seinfeld, then he shouldn't have been George from Seinfeld. But this movie came out in mid-1990. Seinfeld premiered in fall of 1989. There's been a year of Seinfeld when this movie happens. Hmm. Okay, so, so some when was people. The last time somebody in the a it might not have been the biggest show on the planet at that point. Like, I would not have had any interest. Yeah, Home in Improvement was probably the biggest show at the time. Sorry, that just immediately made me think of a Halloween party that we went to, <laughs> and you showed up. As, what's his face? As Al Borland. <laughs> that was a great costume. It was you had, like painted a beard on your. <laughs> That was a great costume. I'm sorry. No, it's great. We've done clever costumes, but that that was pretty good. <laughs> Nobody would have thought of that. No, and no. everybody immediately knew what it was. True, true, true. But yeah, so he is like playing this weird, creepy rapist guy a year into his his breakout role. Yeah, I mean that's interesting, but it still feels it, it feels. Adjacent, because obviously this movie would have had to have been filmed probably at the time that Seinfeld started. Right. But like, what if NPH had done like a rape scene a year into How I Met Your Mother or like Dead Dude on uh, Glee like a year in or Patrick Dempsey a year into Grey's Anatomy? Like, that would not... There's I, something weird about that. I mean, it's weird. It's a different time, but it's also it's weird. But also, like you're just. I mean, if so, the movie comes out in mid ninety. Seinfeld's been out since like probably six months before. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. About six months before, you're just doing work. Like you're just a working actor, and like probably at the time that he's doing both of these things, he does a pilot. And he gets cast in a film. Yeah. He has no idea what's going to go, what's going to stay. He's just like, here's a major movie. I have no idea even how big Richard Gere or... I bet you he thought Pretty Woman was going to be bigger to his career than Seinfeld. Probably did. And it, I mean, it's a big deal that he's in it. He he doesn't show well, but he's a great... I mean, he's a fantastic... He's a great actor. I, b- I he's believe a it. fantastic it- actor in it. Yeah. I mean, he's acting his ass off. He's acting against anything we see him in, anything else. So props to him. I mean... Props pro- to him in The Music Man a few years later. I mean, he, he does... You know, he... Really, George starts to define the roles that he kind of has mm-hmm. um, post, post that. But, you know, he's just... 
a working actor and it's like who knows if this this pilot's gonna be picked up so i'm gonna do pilot that i'm gonna we're just be doing a show movie. about just people in new york just talking about stuff right you know? i'm just gonna do what <laughs> i can some do dude with weird hair there's a racist dude with weird hair that just jumps and a the guy door. that talks like this like <laughs> nobody can really no one's gonna want to listen to a guy that talks like that for a million episodes <laughs> jeez louise and this like, sh- there's this like no that, soup for you nobody cares and this chick that dances all crazy and weird like oh what huh like really the the girl from Christmas Vacation. That's what we're going with. Like, I guess I'm going to bang on this movie. <laughs> guess I'm going to be bad guys for the rest of my life. <laughs> Switching gears a lot. Talk to me about Carol Lombard. What do you know about her? Um. Well, I actually, because, you know, we were talking about this and thinking about this. And Did you look her up? Um. Well, we were talking about her, so I was thinking about who, and I... I think I'm wrong about who I think Carol oh, okay. Lombard is. So I was thinking she was in It Happened One Night, which is actually Claudette Colbert. So I'm not sure I know. I know Carol Lombard is a person, and I know I, know I knew she old was Hollywood people. A but a star I, of old Hollywood stage and screen. I think right. that's what I knew about her before kind of looking her up. Mm-hmm. Um, Does she have a tragic life? She was married to Clark Gable. I think that was okay. their his third wife and her third husband. Okay, then that because it happened one night is Clark Gable and Claudette mm-hmm. Colbert. So I had to like somewhere she's connected to Clark Gable. Yes. Okay. Uh, her final film, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, was a screwball comedy directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Okay, so it's not. It's not Mr. and Mrs. Smith like Brad Pitt and Angelina <laughs> like, Jolie. Sh- shoot them no. up, shoot them up. No, it, it's like two people that realize they're not actually married, and it's a screwball mm, comedy directed okay. by Hitchcock, which is. I didn't know Hitchcock of... had a screwball comedy. He doesn't seem like he had a screwball comedy in him yeah. at all. Uh, 1941 happens. 1942 happens. Uh, World War Two is on. Mm-hmm. Uh, she flies to her hometown in i think indiana to sell war bonds good for her yeah yeah that's nice uh pretty much retires from acting uh they're flying back to la they kind of have a coin flip her mom doesn't like flying and but she thinks that taking a train back to la from indiana is going to take for frigging ever which it probably would it probably would yeah Uh, so she wins um they have turned off all of the beacons safety beacons for the rocky mountains because they're afraid the Japanese might oh, no. be invading and flying planes over. Um, she and 22 others are killed in the plane crash at 33 years old. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, what? You're yeah. so good at finding all this tragic shit. I know. I know. Um, the, the crash wreckage, her body has been you know, recovered. It's in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, but mm-hmm. the crash wreckage is still there to this day. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's just there? Where were they crashed in the just mountains? in the Rocky Mountains, yeah. Wow. They were not as high as they thought they were. and That seems to happen quite a bit. I mean, we've been talking about yellow jackets, which then kind of talk, makes us talk about Alive, mm-hmm. which is exactly the same, same kind of Same thing. kind of concept. There, there's yeah. a beacon that says, like, hey, pull up, asshole. And it was turned off because they thought Japanese might be raiding Utah or something. Oh, uh, nobody cares about Utah. <laughs> They don't even drink soda. Clark Gable, after her death, joins the Air Force. Oh, wow. And Does that actually spur him? He's yes. like going to like make a difference? I mean, he is, he's a, uh, a cameraman for the Air Force on B-52 bombers. He doesn't actually. Right, because he's older at this yes. point. Right, he's not. But he is taking videos 
as a cameraman on B-52 bombers in active combat missions on the Pacific Theater. Wow. You know, I I just got to like... Everybody. Actors in the fucking 40s got shit done. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Stewart, he was... He was active. He he flew. Yeah. He was... You know, Elvis did his mm-hmm. shit. I mean, I mean, that was not World War II, but plenty of those guys went and like served as if they were normal people because you know what? You are normal people. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but Clark Gable helped christen the SS Carol Lombard. Oh, that's adorable. So, yeah. Um, um, actually, he, when he finally drank himself to death three wives later, uh, Misfits was his last film with uh, – it was uh, Marilyn Monroe's last film as well mm. before he finally drank himself to death. He's actually buried next to her. That's that's sad. Um, it, it, it's that's it's really sad when you have this great love affair and you've been, you know. Were they married when she died? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, that's that's sad. I mean, thirty three. That's so young. Um, I, I have to just like a, a completely aside, but then bringing it back to what we're like the movie that we're talking about. So in the movie Valentine's Day, which. <laughs> but isn't that Gary Marshall? It is, yes. Gary, it's Gary Marshall. He does like the Valentine's Day. I think the final part of the trilogy is, is New Year's Day, Valentine's Day, and Mother's Day. Has right. anybody seen Mother's Day? No. If you've seen Mother's Day, send us an email. Anyone who's seen those knows that this is Gary Marshall's attempt to create a love actually. Yes, yes. Is what's happening. But Valentine's Day, it's passable. That Jessica Beale and Bradley Cooper. And... Oh, it's a bunch of people. Okay. It's everybody. It's I mean, it's Jessica Beale, it's Jessica Alba, it's Topher Grace, it's Ashton Kutcher, it's Hector Elizondo, it's okay. Shirley MacLaine. I think I've seen the Hector Elizondo um, Shirley MacLaine. You made me watch the Hector Elizondo Shirley MacLaine stuff. Which and is that's brutal. In which kind of comes to a head in the Hollywood Cemetery. Oh. Um, of them watching, because I guess the Hollywood Cemetery shows movies. Okay. And, um, you know, he's, I don't know who he, uh, they're married, but she's a film star. And they're watching a movie and she's in it. Mm. And he's talking to Topher Grace, who's in love with Anne Hathaway, who's like a phone sex operator. Like, it's, a, it's not a bad movie. <laughs> it's an okay one. I haven't seen New Year's Day or definitely haven't seen Mother's Day. I actually wasn't going to bring up the phone sex operator, but we talked about that. The podcast is called The Operator. It's Which podcast? The podcast about the phone sex industry. We right. briefly talked about that in the episode, about that I'd been advertised a podcast about the phone sex industry. Oh, okay. And apparently there's like hostile takeovers and... People are coming in and locking everybody else out of the out out of the There's office. There's a lot of and, like corporate espionage. Yes, yes, that sounds interesting. Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of I haven't listened to any of it. So if you guys want to re- like listen to the operator podcast and report back to us and let us know if we should take our time. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, but yeah, like so, just bringing it back. Yeah, the Hollywood Cemetery. If that's where they are buried together, that's where Hector Alessandro and Shirley McLean reignite their love. Um, and so does, I think, Topher Grace and Anne Hathaway. Mm. It's where Marilyn Monroe and Hugh Hefner are buried next to each other. I think a ton, they're very, oh, but didn't he do that? He bought that thing for like $70,000 in like, the 90s. Uh, yeah, that's gross. Like he forced his way next to I'm not sure if he's ever her. even met her, but he just bought a bunch of pictures, uh, nudie pictures. That... But she was in Playboy, right? Well, but... She was not photographed for Playboy. He bought oh, they were photos old images. Okay. that she took when she wasn't famous. Yeah, got it. When she was Norma Jean, yes, probably. Yes. 
okay, then yeah, that's real gross that he just like bought his way in. He wormed his way into next to her for forever. That's that's icky. Yeah, bummer, dude. Like yeah. not not cool, Hef. No. There's lots of not cool yeah, things. Yeah, there's a plenty of things we can say not cool Hef about. <laughs> I hope that our embracing of Playboy in this podcast doesn't... Uh, it's not an embracing of Hugh Hefner. It's just, it is a timestamp. It's just embracing 70s and... Well, but it's a measure of a time. Like, you know, they're, even in the 90s, it is still an important publication. So what's being valued? What's mm-hmm. being talked about? And I think that that's really what we're looking at because, you know, we have our perspective of what was forbidden and, you know, what what is the antithesis, not the antithesis of what was forbidden, what is exactly what was forbidden was the antithesis of what we were exposed to. Yes. It's what's being published in Playboy at the I time. I think that Playboy is kind of a barometer of Mm -hmm. left-wing social views from the 70s through the 90s and we come from very right-wing social views we do and we can look back and we can see all the things that they were right about but there's a lot of stuff that they were on the wrong side of history. I would about not. As well. I would. So I say ish because I don't think that Playboy is like fully your left wing. I mean, I think that Playboy is is your extreme, but it's still like so misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, misogyny is not party specific, but the right wing has a lot of that market cornered. Yes. Yes. Um. The next thing I have is where's Julia Roberts from? That seems like a bit of a turn. <laughs> it does, but I think I like I looked it up too. She's from Smyrna, Georgia. Wait, so that she comes by that accent completely she does. naturally. It, it does feel natural. She doesn't say y'all much, um, but y'all that's okay. might be a little northern southern. It might be. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Do you hear people from like Florida or can or uh, or Texas saying y'all or y'all might be more of a? I'm not sure. But I mean, I say y'all. I say all y'all. Like, <laughs> y'all is a really good word for every. It's very that's ever taken a uh, language class in any sort of romance language, where you have first, second, and third person mm-hmm. singular and plural. The English language does not have a good word for second person plural. No, but y'all is is the word. I mean, because like French, you have vous and nous, which is like our and they, and you just turn. It's like you singular and you. Plural. Yeah, it's great. You plural. Y'all is just a better word than you plural. I mean, and, and nothing, Dolly says it, and, and she's she's, a she's God. So she it, is. She is, and we have to protect her because 2022 is fucking this oh, shit up. Oh, no, 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 no. D- come on. Put her in a bubble. Like, put her in a bubble. Meatloaf, Louis. Like, come on, people. Life with Louis and Meatloaf in a day. Like, let's, let's give the big dudes a break. Let's, and, let's hold it down. And Betty White. Just... We need so it. we need much. one more year of Dolly. Come on, all uh, y'all need to chill. I mean, as soon as Dolly is not with us anymore, we can start canonizing her. But I don't need her to be she, a saint. I just she need her to be in my life. She doesn't want that. I mean, that's <laughs> she. She's like baby doll. She's committed so many miracles in her life that I'm afraid that canonizing her, because you have to have two posthumous miracles to be canonized. And I'm afraid... I don't want to put that pressure on her. I'm afraid her miracles are going to stop when we lose her, because she's just committing miracles left and right as she's alive. I'm going to say something controversial. I'm pretty sure there weren't any miracles posthumously for anyone. <laughs> so we can well, make like somebody like in Central America looks at a picture of somebody and gets cured of cancer. That's a miracle, right? 
We can find Dolly everywhere. <laughs> There's no problem. We need a we need Dolly in the grilled cheese. If we need Dolly like to show up on a mural, done. <laughs> no problem. Guys, you want to say this okay. Sorry to anybody that's related to me and for my history, but like you want to take a Jesus grilled cheese and a Dolly grilled cheese? I'm gonna buy the Dolly grilled cheese on eBay. Sorry. It's just a thing. <laughs> Jesus grilled cheese, I don't really care. We don't know what Jesus looked like. He was no. a brown guy with curly hair. Right, which is not how he's represented. And probably in any didn't kind have of a way. lot of teeth. He's really represented by one of the, the new guys on the new Queer Eye for Straight Guy, Jonathan Ness. Jonathan Hess. I think it looks a lot like what we try and say Jesus looks like. I think Jesus just kind of looks like Peter Cetera in most of Je- our- Jesus looks like Jason Manzoukas. <laughs> oh, no, in real life, yes. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, all the pictures we were shown growing up. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of kind of looks like Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, he did not have a bandana. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I mean, we're not that removed from Dolly. I mean, we're not going to get Dolly on this podcast, I doubt, but like I could probably make some calls and like have a contact with Dolly. From multiple some, ways. like, Dolly's agent or something. We could probably... We could do the best little whorehouse in Texas, and we could probably get... <laughs> we, I could see. Like, there's a couple of people I know that have some direct lines to Dolly. Did we... I think I completely skipped over Maureen O'Sullivan on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Maureen O'Sullivan. Do you know who that is at all? Dun, 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 Um, Maybe. Jane? Tarzan? Tarzan and Jane. Tarzan. Like, okay. Like she's Jane in all the Tarzan movies. Okay, then maybe not. Uh, she's also Mia Farrow's mom. Oh, wow, cool. Okay. Um, 1934, Tarzan and his mate. Does that mean anything to you? No. It's pre-Hays Code Hollywood. Oh, th- th- that means that it's a little like... <laughs> this is very early maligned women and forbidden cinema. Okay. I mean... There is a scene. Well, first of all, in Tarzan, you know, Johnny Weissmuller, Maureen O'Sullivan, she is in like a full on kind of leather miniskirt the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Tarzan and Jane, she is in like a little strip in the front, a little strip in the back. When is this? 1934. 34? There is some booty happening. And there is a scene. She is not. In said scene, it is a body double. It is uh, someone that actually uh, Johnny Weissmuller uh, was on the swim team with in the Olympics in 28. But there is like a five and a half minute full nude swim scene in Tarzan and his mate. Wow. Yes, there is like an underwater nude ballet. (laughs) It is scandalous at the time. I mean, Maureen O'Sullivan is a patron saint of forbidden cinema. I remember buying my father... For Christmas, the DVD box set of all of the uh, Tarzan movies. <laughs> Up late one night watching Tarzan and his mate like, what is happening right now? <laughs> like, what? what, what, what? <laughs> These are supposed to be like real chase and just like, I don't understand this language. 1934. I mean. I mean, but pre- I mean, let's let's put it out there. Pre-Haze Code. Haze Code just meant we got to monitor what we do. But people have been doing sexy, scandalous ha- stuff. People have been drinking and having sex and saying swear words camera. and killing each other since... Always. Yes. Always. This is not new. 
I don't care what anybody thinks about society going to hell in a handbasket. It has been there prevalent in any kind of way. It doesn't matter who's censoring it. It's happening somewhere. People like to fuck. They do. You wouldn't be here if they didn't. <laughs> Duh. Uh, so that's a bit of a tangent to the Lotus Esprit. <laughs> Boy, we're all over the place here, guys. Fast women, fast cars. <laughs> oh, here we okay, go. There we go. <laughs> uh, the last Lotus Esprit came off the line February 20th of 2004. Okay. It's no longer it's with still, us. It's still, that, that was like... <clears throat> <laughs> off the line and anybody cares about this car yeah, so 75 to 2004 it was still being still being produced okay uh, i think i said i was you know playing gran turismo on the playstation mm-hmm. probably two and there was still lotus esprit in in italy and yes uh that uh, that tracks um there were 10,675 lotus esprit ever produced then that tracks with like, dude, like you know, wanting one because it's so elite and so whatever. I think for twenty years, for thirty years, it was being produced. There's ten thousand of them. That's not many. No, that's not a lot. Um, the Corvette C5 was out for almost five months longer than the Lotus Esprit. They had a real tight race for who had the last pop-up headlights on a car. Oh, pop-up headlights. That seems so cool. When we were starting to drive, I wanted... But so it was still a thing in 2004 that you could get a car with pop-up headlights. For sure, for sure. I mean, I wanted a Datsun... um, What's that called? Car car called now. Um, A Datsun Z, like a Z. Like, you know what I'm talking about? I have no clue what you're talking about Uh, right now, but it must be a Datsun. Well, yes. Um, I can't even think of now. Like it was, it was a very much a sports car. I'm pretty sure it probably had pop up lights. It was like very low lying, and I'm pretty sure my dad was like, "Yeah, we'll like figure out how to weigh." Like there was one, and I wanted it. And it's like also the car that has a really low front that probably killed a lot of people under tractor trailers. And my mother yeah. was like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> <laughs> I wanted one a Z24. I think it was a Datsun Z24. Okay, I wanted so bad when I was first driving. And my dad was like, yeah, sure, what? Yeah, there's one over here in this gas station. Let's figure this out. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? No. The next thing I have is don't Google Julia Roberts dick grab. <laughs> I mean, that seems problematic no matter what. But I know that this is the world that you live in at this point now that we're doing my this My search podcast. history is a mess. <laughs> it is screwed. Yes, I guess there is a young lady named, well, I guess not, maybe not so young. I guess her actual... Her thing is being milfy, uh, so but Julie Ann, and yes, I guess she has many videos of dick grabbing. Got but, it. Yes. Um, so off to the Beverly Wilshire in the Beverly Hills Hotel. Moving on. <laughs> They're not the same hotel. Okay. So the lobby that you're thinking of is not the lobby we're seeing. Okay, cool. But blah, 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 blah. is it movie magic or is it movie lies? What do you mean? The penthouse mm-hmm. is not the penthouse of the Beverly Wilshire. Where is it? It's just on some rando soundstage. I mean, that is what that is. I wouldn't expect the actual place that they're shooting. But also, that I- soundstage is so busy for that hotel room. 
there is so much crap on so many flat but surfaces. It's a penthouse in the 90s. I would expect it to be super busy and kind of trashy. But like the reason I thought that though is like the Beverly Hills Hotel is across from Rodeo Drive the way they portray it. Gotcha, gotcha. No, I think the Beverly Wilshire is just a couple blocks away from there. Okay, but, but it's, it's not like it's like a different hotel. Like walk, 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 and you're then at Rodeo Drive. Like that's being positioned like the Beverly Hills Hotel. Okay. So the smoking jacket that she was wearing when she was going shopping. Oh yeah, the red jacket. It's not a smoking jacket. What is it? It is a movie theater usher jacket. Weird. They actually bought it off some dude eating lunch about 20 minutes before they shot there was an usher at the theater across the street it's so long and but and think about movie theater ushers in the 90s and the 80s that the red jacket that's a thing i guess but it seems like at the waist like um what and then this is i'm probably thinking earlier but only me thinking of a movie theater usher wearing any kind of uniform is like at the waist, uh, big shoulder pads, a little like pillbox hat. Okay. Like a monkey. <laughs> so thinking of something that that is that billowy and ties with a, a, looks like it ties at the waist or something like that doesn't seem like something that's current in the 1990s. Well, that's, that's where they got it though. I mean, it's, it's L.A. And so I'm sure there's probably some, like, trying to look like old Hollywood. movie house kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, The next thing I have is George's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It is Amy Yazbeck. Okay. 100% you're correct. It is Marion from... The Robin Hood Men and Tights. Men and Tights, Okay, good. She is also the Flo, the wife from Problem Child. Mm Mm-hmm. With John Ritter and, and yes, recognize um, that. What's the the old guy's name in Problem Child from Used Cars? And I oh, love. He's him. also in While You Were Sleeping. Yes, great, 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 great actor. Yes, uh, I'm blanking out completely. I love him though. It's interesting though that she's in a movie in 1990, Problem Child, John Ritter. Mm-hmm. She's also in a 1991 episode of The Cosby Show, uh, playing John Ritter's wife. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, she and John Ritter marry in 1999. So eight years later after being. Uh, I think John Ritter was divorced like seven years after as, as that. They, they played husband and wife twice espoused. in a year. Interesting. And yeah, they marry. And actually, um, they have a child together. Not any of the Ritters that you would know, but they have a child together. Okay. And was... uh, they were married at his death. Oh, man. I know. This is a bummer for marriages, guys. Like. That's sad because, I mean, he was, yeah, that's a sad thing. I mean, everybody, that was just so unexpected. Um, so if you Google Kappa Squat. <laughs> okay. The first thing that comes up is Pretty Woman. Is it Kappa Squat or Papa Squat? It's Papa Squat. Papa Squat. But if you Google Kappa Squat, that's what she says. And some people are arguing that she just said it wrong. And some people who are on cocaine are arguing that actually it's a thing that people said in the 70s. Fine. Cool. So maybe it's swinger lingo from the 70s or maybe she just made it up. I don't know or said it wrong. Either way, it's interchangeable. That's that's the whole deal. If you could say Papa Squat or Kappa Squat and it means the same thing, then we were saying it wrong. If it's fully recognized that many, many people said that's what she said. Yes. Yes. 
So, um, soundtrack album. I said, is was this a deal or not? Huge hit. Cool. Absolutely huge hit. Sold millions and millions of copies. So, yeah, Pretty Woman definitely became a thing. Be, probably because of this. I mean, it's a, it's been a song for 15 years at the time. Right. But it is now a legendary thing. I love Roy Orbison. Man, do we, have we talked about in person that there's two Roy Orbison juniors? No, but I was just listening to It's kind of a kind of a Leto the second thing for Sorry, spoiler alert from Dune. We haven't actually finished Dune, but I've read the books, Dune, and so I don't know if... Spoiler if, alert, I'm not going to finish Dune, so <laughs> whatever y'all talk about, it's fine. I don't know if Paul and Shawnee's first son, Leto, is still alive in, in this Dune, but sorry, guys, he uh, it, it doesn't go well. So, yeah, Leto the second is I mean, spo- I was listening to son. True Crime and Cocktails, which has Lauren Ash from mm-hmm. Superstar Superstore fame. Um, which is she's fantastic and it's her and her cousin which i think is adorable they're like basically like soul sisters and they're canadian and it's adorable um and they just did the murder this week of bob crane Mm. um i don't know if anybody knows about bob crane i mean known mostly from hogan's heroes but he had a isn't there like some show or some movie about him? Like he was like a amateur pornographer and was like murdered in bed or something. He was. I mean, he was just kind of a enthusiast pornographer, not really an amateur pornographer, like just for himself. I'm not sure everybody knew, um, and that's potentially a reason for his death. It's, his death is still a mystery, and I think Greg Kinnear plays him in that movie, it's like Autofocus or that something. That sounds maybe. right. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So he ha- he had two. Bob Crane, Robert Crane Jr. Mm. I mean, it's not like a George Foreman situation. <laughs> no, no, no. But they, but they talk about George Foreman too in that episode. <laughs> I'm having like five George Foreman Juniors. No, he had from separate wives. Okay, he had okay. Robert Crane. They might have had different middle names, but he still had two Robert Cranes. And in response, he just said like, "I like the name." Like, okay. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> but so, if like, you're ever, narcissist. <laughs> if you're ever where we are. And you Google how to get somewhere, and it says that something in Hendersonville is 13 miles away. Don't listen to it because there's a lake in the way, and it's 45 minutes. Okay. Why are we talking about that? Well, because that's Hendersonville, Tennessee is where uh, Roy Orbison's house was. Oh, I didn't know that. And it, it burned down, and he lost his first two children in oh, the house no. fire. Oh, That's awful. And it's about two and a half miles away from um, Johnny Cash's house. As they say, like, didn't Johnny Cash have a house in Hendersonville? That burned the F down. So, that like, I think Hendersonville that, Fire Department? That like, I think that um, didn't uh, a BG buy? I believe so, yes. Like, yeah. I know it was going to turn into a museum or something, then it yeah. burned the F down. Yeah. Yeah, so Hendersonville Fire Department, like, get your shit together. <laughs> but so, yeah, we're, we're familiar with the second Roy Orbison Jr., we are. Orby. I, I'm not. But. You, you, you introduced me to Orby. Okay, cool. Because you, I was still in school. You were watching the Kat Von D show where she was dating him. Oh, okay. How did we have enough time in our life that we could sit down and watch the Kat Von D tattoo show? I don't know, but I did love the stars on her temple. They were <laughs> in another life. 
in another life. In another life, we had time to watch that kind of crap. I mean, true, true, true. <laughs> I forgot. I completely like that's how like that's how my brain works. Like, don't have time. Shift it out. Like, shift it over and out. Don't remember that even happening. But yes, you you definitely. I mean, that was also the same time that you discovered uh, Robin Big. So, which I, has is we were watching ridiculousness right before. Oh, should we mention that there's a Puppet Master marathon going on upstairs? Yeah, I don't know if y'all can hear it because we have some new like Fantastic Sonos should be a sponsor. Uh, we have so many Sonos in oh our house. Oh my goodness, our house is full of Sonos. But, but yeah. yes, we definitely have Puppet Master Marathon going on upstairs. There's a Puppet Master Marathon on, like, terrestrial television. Not, I mean, because I subscribe to the uh, Full Moon Features <laughs> uh, <laughs> streaming service. I have the Full Moon hoodie. Uh, Charles Rand, I think his name is. I have selfies with puppets at various Planet Hollywoods <laughs> and whatnot. So, yes, I am a huge fan of Puppet Master. But the movies are going on right now upstairs. And uh, I have Daryl the limo driver. Oh, yeah. Loved him. We he, talked about it. He needed more. What do you think his name is in real life? In real life? Oh, no. I don't want to guess that. It's Daryl Hunter. Ah, I love it. So I love it when someone's like, I can't be bothered to be called something else. Yes. Uh, do you know how many movies he's been in besides this? Shaking Zero. My, zero. This is it? This is it. Daryl plays Daryl. Love it. And he was, so I just want more of him. And I've Googled and I can find no information on him. Like, what is our Daryl Hunter doing now? He, he might not be with us anymore. It's possible. 1990. I mean, that's he been was a long time. At least 30. I'm gonna say yeah. in that space, it's possible. But if you're our Daryl Hunter and you just happen across this, dude, we want to talk to you. Us. We we want to chat. I want to buy you dinner. I want to put you out. You can you can live for a couple months in our in our guest bedroom. I need to know you. Would love that. That'd be fantastic. Uh, the last thing I have is Hooker with a Heart of Gold. Yeah. You said that was from Sweet Charity? Or I assumed it was from Sweet Charity. Maybe it's not. Um. So the courtesan with a heart of gold, the first time that reference is, I, my Sanskrit is not great. Oh. <laughs> Again, y'all. But it's, it looks I love like- this man. <laughs> But it looks like uh, Merchikatika is a 5th century CE Sanskrit play. And mm-hmm. I think Courtesan of the Heart of Gold is directly referenced. In the 5th century? In the 5th century CE, yes, okay. in the Sanskrit play. Um, most references I've seen say that uh, it's not specifically said that, but that the character Rahab in the book of Joshua Oh, okay. Is maybe even as early as like 740 BCE. I mean, it was redacted in the post-exilic period. So, you know, what the version of Joshua we have right now is probably from like 635 CE. But so we have the archetype of the the prostitute with the heart of gold as early as maybe 750 BCE. Okay. Not sweet charity, unfortunately. (laughs) Where do most people recognize this from who don't do a deep dive of, of this uh, of 5th century Sanskrit? <laughs> yes. Apparently it's a huge character though. Just it just pops up from there here and there and all everywhere. Yes, yes. And apparently 
as of about the late 70s, early 80s, the uh, stripper with a heart of gold is a pretty big character. Well, I mean, because people don't know. I mean, well, well, at that point, though, there's there's a huge differentiation, I would imagine, between a hooker and a stripper. Because hookers maybe are strippers, but strippers are not hookers. We have a Venn diagram there. Um, that's where I'm. I'm the nerd. I should probably start creating some Venn diagrams. You should just do like, the forbidden Venn diagram. <laughs> that might be more important than this pod. Like the forbidden Venn diagram Instagram page is probably better listened than this podcast, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I so, think we're fine. Hooker with a heart of gold. Way back. Yes, goes on. Um, I got nothing else, babe. I mean, let's end this. Uh, guys? I think we're going to take the week off next week. Yeah, we're going to go out of town, and it just doesn't seem feasible for us to to swing a recording. We've sorry, we've we've been like living in, in real time on this um, at, at this moment, and you know we really want to come back. And I don't know, we're going on a, a weekend um, trip with some friends, and who knows, we may come back with some interesting stories. So. Um, we'll we'll collect those and report those in an anonymous, fun sort of way, uh, as we do. Yes, but... we have been told there are many edibles and many hot tubs. <laughs> and, Who knows? Who I knows? Mean, um, we'll navigate that and report back all the shenanigans that will some, ensue. Some wizarding world of Harry Potter. <laughs> exactly. So many things. Um, but so that means. Probably this second, we're not going to say what we may pop in. Um, follow our Instagram. Take a look at our Instagram. I'm going to put together a couple things, maybe some retrospectives on some of our recastings. And just like, a hey, like if you didn't listen to Body of Evidence because you were like, it's Madonna and Willem Dafoe. I don't know what that is. I don't care. Listen. We personally like. It's our best episode yet. Like we, we're not an we're not a bi- an, an unbiased judge, but we had a really fun time listening to it. I think that you might, too. And you should watch the movie, too. It's uh, crazy. Don't watch it expecting quality. No. But just watch it expecting to have wild. a good time. It's wild. And for and, those of you that I... And get I, drunk. But uh, I yeah. do know who do did watch it, and they somehow got the extended unedited version, and they did experience Will and Defoe's Nether Regions. Um, I'm sorry, and you're welcome. Uh, I don't know either way, so I'm going to express both. Um, but yeah, so like the version that we watched, it wasn't there. Um, so if you saw that unawares thinking that's, we did not give you a heads up, that was not the intent, but whether you want that or not, I think that might be on Amazon prime also. I, I actually went to moviecensorship.com. Mm hmm. I feel like we actually may have watched the uncensored version, even though it says it's R-rated. I feel like there are no shots of Madonna below the waist in the R-rated version. And I feel like we saw a few. But I, in person, have spoken to one of our listeners. Okay. um, And they saw some Willem Dafoe. That I definitely did not I, see. I feel like I saw some. Will- I, I was laser focused looking for some Willem Dafoe. Well, action. okay, so then I apologize to, ev- to everyone if I give the impression that there was no <laughs> Willem Dafoe and I missed it somehow. And there's Willem Dafoe because I, I mean we found out like just go watch that whatever post. I mean that's weird. Gonna be like yeah, totally honest. Um, just weird. the fact that you were like 
the mustache is so much. It's so distracting. It's like you so, can't even look at his dick because of the mustache. It's so much. It's a, it's a lot. And also the dancing. It's weird dancing. It does, it does not fit. Um, but yes. Yeah, so in the interim, um, yeah, check out some some stuff maybe that you haven't. Maybe some movies that you take some time to watch some of them that maybe you've, you've listened to the episode or maybe any of them, but indecent proposal. Just just skip that one. I mean, it's a bummer of a movie, but it is what it is. I mean, it was important at the time. I feel like it had a huge impact. But, you know, take a look. Share with your friends. I mean, we're having a good time doing this. Hopefully, you are too. It seems like there's a handful of people that are really loving what's happening. And we're having a good time. So put it out there. I feel like there's a hand, more of a handful of people that you know that might enjoy it too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Take a, take a moment. I mean, we've... I listen to podcasts that have less listenership than we have right now. But so if you haven't. Share it. Yeah, let let other people know. If you haven't, you know, go on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, We'd appreciate it. It, It's nowhere near any prerequisite for this. We're doing this because it allows us to watch movies and and talk and, and connect and have a different kind of aspect to our lives that you know, we're being intentional about. And what are you being intentional about? I'd love to know about that. It's a weird time. So what are you taking time to do for yourself or your relationship or whatever that may be? But also we, we would appreciate a, a five-star review. Uh, we have a handful and we are so grateful for that. And thank you. Um, and we, if it's your thing, say a prayer for us. We're getting on a plane in about uh, 168 hours, and uh, it's Omicron time. So uh, y'all, we've dodged this. I don't know how, but we have, and we'd like to continue to do that. We'll see. Yes. But anyway, right. we're not going to get into all that. Yes. Yeah, so we'll see you in two weeks, maybe sooner. I don't know. Maybe we'll get back from vacation, and we'll, and we'll be just so jazzed. Because or we we'll just really- have so much. Omicron that we can't go back to work. And so Who all knows? we'll have to do is watch movies. Who knows? But check it out. Check out the back catalog. Listen to some of the stuff that you haven't. We'd appreciate it. Um, follow us on Instagram. There'll be a few. There'll be some things that I'm going to be posting um, just to kind of bridge the gap to a certain degree. And also pour one out for Meatloaf. Um, oh, meatloaf. It's, it's super sad. I'm pretty sure in that collection, I, I, I haven't looked yet, but I did have a cassette single of I Would Do Anything for Love because it was Man. just so special. Hey, and, heads up. Taylor Swift is releasing uh, cassettes of all of her Taylor's oh, version albums. Oh, well, that's fun. I mean, who's playing? Who, where do you play that shit? <laughs> who knows? I don't even know what to find a cassette player. But anyway, yeah, 2022 Taylor's version is not coming true. <laughs> I really thought 2022 was going to be Taylor's version. We'll but. see. Still yet to be. But there might be a little bit of uh, just for your entertainment, um, meatloaf, um, retrospective slash homage here at the end of this podcast. But guys, have a fantastic week. We'll see you soon. And we'll let you know what we're watching Um we want it to be something fun, so we're going to give it that little bit of a, a vacation time, and we'll hit you back up. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks. I would do anything for love. And I would do anything for love. I won't do that. Bum, 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 b